Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Weeds can't be killed. They can survive anything. Roland de Brun is a 91-year-old Malaysian Aucklander. He's also a survivor of Changi Prison during the Japanese occupation of Singapore in World War II. I'm Linda Chanwai Earl, bringing you this program about an incredible story of survival. Singapore has spoken to us by radio. Today, from the gravely menaced bastion city... It's early February 1942. Barely audible, Singapore correspondent Henry Stokes comments in a radio newsreel report on the position of Singapore holding out against the Japanese during the Second World War. The British hoped relief forces might arrive, but it wasn't meant to be. During the fall of Singapore that year, Japanese military detained around 3,000 civilians in Changi Prison, built to house only 600. The British Army barracks nearby became a prisoner of war camp, housing 50,000 Allied British and Australian troops. Changi became infamous. 73 years later, and a world away in Auckland, one survivor tells me his story. My family, my father, was son of a Dutchman, who married a Burmese oh, war. Yep. And my mother was a product of a Scottish engineer, James Irving. This is her father. My mother is Scottish and a Malay. So, so she's Eurasian, so yeah. your grandmother's Eurasian. Eurasians. Scottish and Malay. That's right. And your, your father, Roland, was Dutch um, and Dutch. Burmese. And Burmese, Dutch and Burmese. So two, both of them were Eurasian. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they were first generation born in the late 1800s. First, first generation Eurasians, yeah. Um, born in the late 1800s. Yeah. Roland de Brun is 91, a Eurasian New Zealander, born in 1924 in Penang, Malaysia. Roland was one of 3,000 civilians interned along with his whole family by the Japanese, in their case simply for being Eurasian. I'm at the family home in Green Hythe with Roland and his daughter Jean de Brun as he relates his incredible story of survival, in large part because of his determination to be reunited with childhood sweetheart Lao Swan Tin, later to become his wife and Jean's mother. Roland describes his upbringing in the 1930s, attending Penang Free School with Sikh and Japanese children. Just before 1936, before the Second World War started, Aizou came to school and told us, come and have the sayonara food. I'm going back home. Actually, it's a national call-up for them, you know. Well, we went to the place. That's the first time I've eaten sushi and how to bow, sayonara. All but one of the Sikh boys, Roland's friends, lost their lives in the war. Roland was 18 and a ship's engineer in 1941 when he and his whole family were interned in Changi, stripped of clothing and belongings, starved and forced into hard labour. Roland shows me tiny black and white photos taken by a camera smuggled into Changi prison. It took us all as prisoners. All their family, all the Eurasians. I, I was all, all taken. And you, were, and you were imprisoned simply because you were Eurasian? Yeah. yeah. 
for and being because, Eurasian. And also part of the, because we are counted as part of British forces. Ah, so it was his mother, father, two aunts, two aunts and, and uh, all the siblings. My, all my kids. All, all, all of my father's children. Yeah. Did your family survive? I, I uh, hope. The only one that died. Your brother died, Dad. Jimmy died when he was five from it, dysentery he, during it, the war. That's he got up in the war then. Yeah, but it was during war though, war time. This is the younger brother? Yeah, the younger yeah, brother. The, so he's the oldest? I'm the eldest. He, he, that, the one he died was Jimmy. Yeah, second youngest. Second youngest. He died of dysentery. But, How many in the family? Five. Five. Myself, number one, two, Dorothy, my sister, third, Victor, my brother, four, Jimmy, we died when he was a small boy, and then Maisie. Maisie is the youngest the little sister. That's why I say to him now, he cannot die quickly, because if you survive a camp like this, nothing else mm -hmm. really is hardship. Mm, that's and true. you cannot kill a weed. You, you must have witnessed a lot of cruelty, a lot of... Um, the can the, you talk, the, talk to me about the cruelty is like this. Food. Deprivation, starvation. We are almost starving. And clothing. And clothing, no clothing. So you had a loincloth, you had this yeah, strip of... Loincloth. In fact, sometimes just... Out, out so really, degradation yeah. through humiliation as And well. shoes, none. No shoes. Now, they make bore holes for latri as latrines. So just holes in the ground for... For, for lavatory. For lavatory yeah. for, um, and the lavatories were... Well, Yankee camp might be about a thousand dollars, no? And you're pr probably pretty much almost starving. Yeah. yeah. Hundred grams of rice was the allocation uh, for hard labour. Per day. Per day. Per day. And if you're lucky, you can get vegetables. If you're not lucky... Oh, look, he's, yeah, he's so skinny. I'm, I'm just looking at a tiny black and white photograph and he's just a, a stick. He's got a loincloth on. That's the only way. And um, he's just a skeleton. Oh, that's shocking. So This was taken with a camera, which we didn't have, you know. Somebody brought it in. We smuggled it into the camp. And took photos. And yeah. somebody yeah. smuggled in and took the photos. Camp. And so they yeah. took the photos. photos. Mm. Yeah. Mm. How, Roland, how long were you in, in the, interned in um, Changi? In, in the camp. Mm. How long? Three, three years? No, almost three, almost three years. Almost three years. Yeah. There were mosquitoes biting. So malaria, malaria, dysentery, dysentery, all sorts of things happening. Mm. Cholera. Usually they have one shack for sick fellas. When you're sick, you cannot go back to and sleep with the rest of people for one place. It's, a, it's extraordinary that you survived, and your family. All of them survived. All, all of them survived. All of them survived. So your parents. Yeah, all of all them, them except your one little brother. Yeah, but yeah. he died before, before he went. To the camp, yeah. So you know, I mean, it's just one of the ravages of war. Yes, really. Yeah. And uh, but all of them who went in, all of them have come out. <laughs> it's extraordinary. And, and, that's and extraordinary. some. And that's why I say you cannot kill they, a weed. They, they come out and die in the camp. They don't die. But they come out after the camp, and then some yeah. of them died. But uh, you have your family have the tenacity of weeds uh, yeah. to yeah. to live the the will to live. There's something British soldiers. They've been in prisoner in camp Singapore. When the British came, they gave good food and only army rations, British rations. Now, we have been accustomed to eating 100 grams of rice. 
They would probably just leave. They, they may have no medicine to give. No medicine, so these people would die slowly. Yeah, they die very quickly. Every quickly. day is burial, you know. Every day is a burial. Jean's holding up another photograph. There's some crosses. Lest we forget, on these slopes lie many who gave their lives for Singapore. We have here, a um, on Red Cross paper, uh, one of the letters that you wrote. So he has written this letter on the 20th of October, 1945, That's from the, the Syme Road Transit Camp, Singapore. So this was towards the end of the war. So he writes to his then-girlfriend, who turned out to be a mother eventually, and he says, Hello, Swanton. Vic and I have just returned from a morning walk when one of the boys told us that they had a letter for me before he knew where he was, uh, there was food and fags, and I read and reread your letter till I could almost remember all of its words. These are written after the war. Yeah. The war has ended. Hello, New Zealand. This is the Royal New Zealand author bringing you the latest news of our prisoners of war recovered in this theatre. The following men arrived from Palembang yesterday. They are very thin, but otherwise well. When you left the prison camp, what was it like? It must have been a huge relief. What it's happened? a huge relief. When we get, get relief, I went back to where I was working, you know, I got to wear a uniform and all that. As an engineer. What was it like when you actually met Mum again after three and a half years? Well, you meet somebody. You're lucky you're alive. <laughs> lucky to be alive. You, you're a volunteer with the Red Cross. Tell us a little bit about that and then why. The Red Cross, for me, it's because um, it deals with everyone, irrespective of who you are and what you can do. And uh, whilst, you know, a lot of problems appear to be very large, if everyone just chipped in, you know, the um, output really is pretty great. So, um, you know, that's why I do it for the Red Cross. Really, uh, my involvement with the Red Cross didn't stem from Dad's time in the war because we only discovered this letter uh, two years ago. Only two years ago? only two years ago that we discovered this letter. So uh, it's quite a a nice kind of um, connection, really. And, um, you know, New Zealand Red Cross still plays a very important part in connecting people Mm. through wars. Through disaster, war. And and wars, Mm. yeah. And, uh, of course, for us... 
having uh, come from a family that lived through the Second World War and as prisoners of war, World War II is very, very large in our psyche, although we never ever personally experienced it. Um, it's talked about on a constant basis. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.